0: as uh yeah, yeah you can go ahead uh youth uh you are now dismissed um thank you for being here and uh, appreciating one of our uh great examples in ministry so youth uh junior and senior high over by the doors uh there to meet your leaders and have your time so um uh, certainly, with, with Brandy leaving, we do have some needs uh, on our staff team. For the short term, uh, Roly uh, Resendez, our worship leader who's leading us in worship here, uh, he's going to be overseeing the administrative sides of the office. But we really need some volunteers uh, in the office. So if you have administrative giftings, if you have uh, computer giftings, if you can give an hour or two midweek, we really need to build up that team as we continue to pray about the, the long-term solution of uh, administrating our, our church here. So, Um, If that's you, you can fill out on that digital um, uh, connection card or see somebody at the connection point on uh, the outside. Okay, now we're going to get into our time of teaching, so uh, we are being unleashed. Uh, If you want to open your Bibles this morning to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in your New Testament, if you need a Bible, uh, put up one of your hands. We've got lots that we're going to cover today. Uh, You're going to want to have a Bible to be able to look at this week, so if you don't have one, put up your hand. One of our ushers will bring you one. And this scripture is found in the New Testament on page 821. Uh, Today marks week seven of eight weeks in our series on the Holy Spirit, talking about being unleashed. We are getting to know the Holy Spirit of God. We're getting to know his power and his presence uh, that exists in the lives of every follower of Jesus Christ. So we've been getting to know and we've been looking at a lot of scriptures. You can listen to some of those past sermons. Uh, But uh, today... um, We are talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, as you've been having, uh, you may have some more questions today. You can fill out on your app if you have any questions. Next week, we're going to wrap up this series. You don't want to miss next week. We'll go through some of those questions very explicitly uh, and talk about the questions that you have, and you may have some more today. You can go ahead and uh, fill that out. Then we'll wrap up this series and talk about how we move forward as a church uh, in the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, as James mentioned, two weeks uh, from that, we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving, baptisms. Uh, that'll be a great Sunday to be here and invite people to be as well. But today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and how He enables and empowers believers with spiritual gifts. We want to talk very specifically uh, and in detail about uh, how we live in view of the uh, gifts of the Spirit, how He equips us, how He empowers us to be who He's called us to be, not just as individuals, but as uh, a church. Now, depending on your church background, you may um, have some different thoughts when the idea of spiritual gifts comes up. Um, you may be one that uh, okay, starts thinking very practically and thinks of spiritual gifts as kind of uh, this toolbox that, that we have and and maybe you figure, fill out a spiritual gifts test and that gives you an answer of what your gift is and then you just kind of live that out and find some way to serve or you may be from a background where uh, you start thinking of some things that uh, maybe seem a little bit odd or a little bit uh, more weird than we practically uh, deal with on an everyday basis as we get into this just so you know my background, Um, I grew up in what I um, refer to as a charismatic Lutheran church. Um, Now for church people, you may not uh, know that that even was a possibility, Um, but uh, what, what charismatic Lutheran church was like, it meant the pastors wore robes in a very traditional way, but sometimes they danced to the music. Uh, It meant that uh, we would have the organ um, and some guitars, but sometimes people would even show up with tambourines with ribbons on it and stuff. Uh, It also meant that we would do liturgy, but then uh, sometimes people would speak in tongues. And so that's kind of my background, all that to say uh, I had a varied background within uh, one church that I grew up in, experienced a lot of different things. Uh, When I met my wife in college, she did not come from any church background at all. So when we met and we started having some conversations about faith, um, we went to a couple churches. And uh, first we went to a church that I would just say, I don't even know if the Spirit was there. Uh, it was just completely dead. Uh, if the Spirit was there, nobody told the people um, that were there. Um, and so we went there and said, ah, that's not really uh, what we expect in a church. And so then we went to another uh, church in a background that uh, was what we may say into the gifts of the Spirit. And so while we were there, there were, there were people, several people speaking uh, in tongues. And uh, my, she was my girlfriend at the time. But uh, my now wife was kind of looking at me like, what in the world was that? Uh, she had no background at all. And uh, so we left, I said, oh, that explained a little bit, uh, she didn't really still quite get it. So we went back another week, and it was the same kind of experience, and, and so we decided, you know what, maybe that's not where uh, we're going to go back to uh, right now, uh, just because it, it seemed like things weren't fitting into place. And, and so all that to say, uh, really, that um, we're here from very different backgrounds, As a non-denominational Christian church, we have people from uh, all different backgrounds and uh, maybe all different um, ideas about what the Bible says about spiritual gifts, Um, but... Uh, I want you to know that for those of us who came from more charismatic backgrounds, um, I I kind of, I get those questions. I understand. I grew up in that. We can have those conversations. For those of you who say, I don't even understand what you're talking about, spiritual gifts or or any of that stuff, I want you to know that I've walked with people, even the person closest to me in my life, to explain and to help to grow. And so what my hope is today uh, is that wherever we've come from, that we would seek to know what God has to say from his word. Uh, And that we would be led uh, by his spirit to understand how he has equipped us in spiritual gifts. If you don't know much about uh, these things, that's a good thing. We have a passage today. uh, And what God says to us, specifically for those of us who don't feel very informed about these things. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 1, says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He talks about spiritual gifts, and we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts, so just to kind of give us a working definition to what are spiritual gifts. What is a spiritual gift? I would say it's this. A supernatural ability given to all believers in Christ to do God's work here on earth. It's an ability given by God to all people who are his people in order to first build up the church's body and then to overflow into the world to advance the gospel of Jesus. It is a supernatural, a spiritual ability empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul writes to uh, the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians because they had some questions about this and they were getting some things wrong. And so this is so important that Paul says concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so he seeks to inform them, and today is going to be very informative. I'm going to give you a lot of information. There's going to be a lot of stuff we're going to uh, talk through that you may have questions about, but my goal is that at the end of this morning you would not leave here uninformed about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed, Paul writes. I don't want you to be ignorant. Yeah, I read a study this week that says 87% of Christians are exactly that. They don't know about their spiritual gift. If we were to poll Christians, even in this room, if we add up to those statistics, that would mean that 9 out of 10 of us here, maybe we've heard of spiritual gifts, but we don't know what ours is, that the Holy Spirit has given us to do His work. And so many of us, we could say that we've been given a gift that we don't really know what to do with, that we're not using, that we don't feel very informed about. Uh, Seven years ago, I became a new homeowner for the first time. And there's some things you experience as a new homeowner. And one of those things was we got to our new house and we uh, hooked up uh, the washer and the dryer. Um, And uh, our house is kind of a little bit oddly uh, built in that the vent for the dryer, uh, which is required to... uh, for the clothes to be dried it is centered in the middle of the house so it's basically a bunch of 90 degree angles uh, that go straight up uh, to the roof and so we hooked up the dryer um and uh we started drying my wife came and said the clothes really aren't drying um and so i was talking to a friend about this and he came and he brought me a gift and this was the gift that he brought me um Uh, It might look like an odd little thing for a gift, and it was, but uh, for those of you who are homeowners, you may know the importance of this thing, but I was fairly new. He didn't really say this He said this would help me with my dryer, so uh, I I ended up kind of, I could tell by the shape that uh, it was to go and to uh, get into the vent there and to try cleaning it out. And so I went, I poked around a little bit, rehooked it, and my wife tried drying the clothes um, some more, and um, it just really wasn't, wasn't doing the trick. So my friend came over with another gift, and what he gave me was this. Uh, you can't really see, but there's a bunch of these lengths in here, which being a logical person, I kind of figured that maybe if you put these things together, it can get a little bit further up there. Uh, and so I proceeded to do that, not really knowing uh, what I was doing, but just poking around a little bit, rehooking hooking asked my wife if it was working, and she said, yeah, maybe a little bit better for a time, but it really wasn't working any better. Uh, and uh, in the end, you know, I had taken these, these gifts, poked around a little bit, but uh, really, Um, They were sitting in my garage. I didn't really know what to do with them. I hadn't been uh, informed. And for many of us, that's how we are dealing with the gifts that God has given us in his spirit. We don't really know how to use them. We're maybe poking around a little bit, trying to serve here and there, but we are uninformed. Now, a couple years later, just recently actually, uh, we ended up getting a new washer and dryer and I don't know if you know this about the technology of appliances these days, but they have gotten so smart that they no longer allow you to cheat. You see, the old appliance, the old dryer allowed me to hook it up, and, and just it either worked or it didn't. The new one, when I hooked it up, uh, we hook up this new dryer, do a load or two, and then all of a sudden it starts coating out. And, and what it was coding is saying it wasn't getting enough air. And, and so um, it wasn't doing the drying that we uh, wanted it to do, and, and so and I have four kids, and so the laundry started piling up. My my wife wasn't very happy with that. You know, uh, unhappy wife not having enough underwear to wear—that's not a good thing. And so we needed to do something about this. But the whole time I forgot about these tools that I had been given. But push came to shove when uh, my wife said, "That's it. I'm calling somebody else." And um, I don't know if it was my manly pride. That was hurt, or whether it was the numbers that started coming in about what that's going to cost, but something jarred loose the fact that I had these tools somewhere hidden in my garage. And so I went and I pulled them out, and I also had another thing, YouTube, (laughs) where I could go on and I could watch a short video about how to get the job done. Now, what I saw on YouTube was what you were actually supposed to do was something like this. While I had just been poking around a little bit, you actually had to put them all together, hook them up to a power drill. Now, me, in my thinking, I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't need the drill. Maybe I can just go up on the roof and poke around a little bit. So I did that. still wasn't working. So I decided to do what YouTube actually said. And you know what happens when you hook it up to a drill? This is what happens. This. Hooked up to that power. Now, I know the worship team's getting a little afraid, as so are the front row here. And I'm going to put that down before. But here is the story. Once we got that in there, once we knew how to use it, lint was flying all over the place. It was cleared out, and now we're drying clothes. We're getting it done. There's no more danger of the fire that was there. What had happened was my gifts that somebody had given me were hidden, and I wasn't using them. Gifts that were given for a purpose, to get a job down, to care for my household, to do the work that was meant to be done. Now, the reality is for us, Many churches, the household of God, is suffering and in dangerous position because the gifts that have been given us are not being used. The gifts that have been given for a purpose are being forgotten and not thought about. You know, it's not uncommon for us in the church today to look at the church, the bride of Christ, and just to talk about how ugly she seems to us just to talk about how broken the body of Christ is. And we talk about all the things that are needed. You know what you talk about. The teaching needs to be better. The leadership needs to be better. People need to be cared for and encouraged better. And we talk about all these things that we need. We've done it over the past weeks here in Discovery as well. We have all these holes that we need to fill. And we talk about the needs, but what is really going on? The needs that we feel are just a symptom of the root heart of the problem. You see, the heart of the problem is not the needs that we have, but that we are not informed about what we actually do have. And the gifts that God has given us to step forward and to use, to build up the body of Christ, these supernatural abilities given to each and every follower of Jesus to build up the body of Christ, to overflow and advance the mission of Jesus into our world. Ephesians 4 tells us that these gifts are meant to build up the body, that we can grow to be more like Jesus. But many of us are not aware of gifts. And so Paul writes to the Corinthians, and we read today, he I do not want you to be uninformed because the stakes of this are very high. And so Paul continues to write to the Corinthians, and he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord, Jesus Christ. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 7 there says this, To whom are gifts given? To each of us who are followers of Jesus. Why? For the common good, that the body might be built up. Three things that we can know about our gifts are that all believers in Jesus are given a gift or multiple gifts of the Spirit. When we believe in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit as God's gift to us. The Spirit then equips us to serve with these gifts. Another thing that we know is this, that all spiritual gifts are useful in the church 1 Corinthians 12 goes on and talks about the idea that, hey, sometimes we tend to look at different gifts as more useful than others. Those who stand up front, maybe it's obvious that, hey, those gifts uh, are are very useful, but we don't understand that each and every gift is useful. The analogy of the body of Christ, both are important, the hand, the foot, those things that are uh, out there for all to see, those things that are covered are all important, all are useful, and if we're missing those gifts, the body doesn't function the way that God intended. We also learn that all of hell wants you to keep your gift hidden and unused. Jesus said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And it's true that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. However, if we fail to use our gifts, we lose some battles. We are not all that Christ would call us to be if we are not using our gifts, if we are not informed, if we're keeping them hidden and unused. That's exactly where our enemy, the devil, would love to keep our gifts. So today I want to expose us to what the spiritual gifts are. I'm going to expose us to a couple lists in scripture, but first I want to talk about what spiritual gifts are not, because this might help us to understand what they are. Number one is this, spiritual gifts are not natural abilities. Natural abilities are given to every person by God when we are born naturally into this world. So you have people who are very gifted singers. You have people who are very gifted scientists. People are very gifted in law. People are gifted in many different areas by natural abilities. You don't have to be a Christian to have natural abilities. God in his grace for all humankind has given us natural abilities. However, when we are born again, spiritually, we're told that the spirit then gives us special supernatural abilities to do his work to advance the gospel. And so very often when Christians talk about spiritual gifts, I believe that we are often talking about natural abilities. You can use your natural abilities out in the world. There are many gifted teachers People who can teach our, our kids, teach in our schools, teach uh, in universities. That are very gifted at teaching material. However, it is the Spirit that enables us to open the Scriptures and to teach the Scriptures, the Gospel of Christ, the Word of God, that we might be built up as a church. But sometimes the Spirit can take our natural abilities and, and spiritually empower them to be used to build up the church, and then to impact the world. Uh, on the other hand, sometimes God can do something completely out of the box. I told you this a few weeks ago. Uh, when I naturally am not an out-from person, I am not a person who greets you in the lobby naturally in and of myself, but God uh, supernaturally gifted me and enabled me to do that through a spiritual gifting. Not something that is me naturally, but it's something that is Him working supernaturally for His purposes to build up the local body. Secondly, spiritual gifts are not just given to the elite few, it's not just those who are uh, super good Christians uh, that God selected to use their gifts. He says very clearly that every one of us is part of the body of Christ. Every one of us has been given a gift. We're not just given to the elite few. Spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. It's not that you have reached some certain level and now you get uh, the gift. There are some uh, backgrounds that say that there are certain gifts that are given um, as a sign of spiritual maturity, namely uh, tongues. And we do not believe that uh, spiritual gifts are a sign of spiritual maturity. We all receive gifts, uh, and some of them differently in different seasons, but spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit. Last week, Paul taught us from Galatians 5 about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, there's nine of them in Galatians 5. They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are the, the fruit of the Spirit. And every follower of Jesus... That grows in the spirit, grows in the fruit of the spirit. Now Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, I just don't have the spiritual gift of love. Or I don't have the spiritual gift of patience. We're not exempt from those things. We're all to grow in the fruit of the spirit. But the spirit gives us various spiritual gifts as he decides to build up the body. Finally, I would say spiritual gifts are not something to fear. Sometimes based on our backgrounds, again, we've experienced maybe some odd things that we don't, quite grasp or 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 get to know and so we just kind of say you know I don't want to delve too deeply in that because I don't understand that but what we need to remember is that God our loving heavenly father has not only graced us with salvation in Jesus Christ he has graced us by giving us gifts in the spirit a loving father that desires us to build up the body so that we can serve one another that we can serve our world and we can be who Christ has called us to be So that's what spiritual gifts are not. Now let's look at a couple scriptures, um, a couple dominant lists in scripture that we can look at to get an idea of the variety of spiritual gifts that are out there. There are four different lists, lists, two uh, of them. One comes from Romans 12 and the other is from 1 Corinthians here. Romans 12, verses six through eight says this. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us as believers, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What this list tells us is that in his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well, for building up the body. There's seven of them in Romans 12 here that he lists. Number one is prophecy, and this is the ability to speak the word of God into people's lives. This is not necessarily the the future telling that we read about in the Old Testament, talking about the Old Testament prophecies there. No, this is uh, speaking the word of God into people's lives. Some people may call what I'm doing right now and preaching prophecy, speaking God's word into our lives, helping to apply it to our lives. Um, There are other times when we speak one-on-one to uh, one another and speak a word uh, that God has uh, for your life. There are many times people do this on a Sunday morning. I've experienced this myself, where after stepping down uh, from the stage here, someone will come to me and just say, hey, I have this word uh, to encourage you uh, from the Lord. And very often times, I know that's from from the Lord, and it comes uh, right to a need that's in my heart. And so when it comes to prophecy, we can speak into one another's lives the words that the Lord gives us. The Lord wants us to encourage one another, build one another up. And sometimes even it is a word of conviction. I remember uh, several years ago uh, here uh, in this church, sitting and having a conversation with somebody who, who uh, was talking about all the, the wrongs in the church. And the Lord just put it on my heart um, that there was something um, in this man's life, that that was just an anger issue. I didn't know where it came from, but but God had impressed on my heart that there was something with, with his father, and so I, I asked him the question. I said, "You know, what happened with your father that you're feeling um, all this anger towards everyone in your life?" And he got angry with me. And he disappeared from church for. Uh, for about three years, never really came back, but about three years later, he contacted me. And, and he came back, and he, he, we sat down, we had coffee, and he thanked me for, for the word that had been spoken into his life because he wrestled with that word. He went to another church, but he did not forget the word that God had impressed on his heart there, and he began to work through those issues with some others. Now, I would have loved to have him stay here, but sometimes God will use us to speak words that are good and upbuilding. some that are, are words of convicting. Now, we need to be very cautious with speaking words of prophecy into one another's lives because this is powerful to claim to be speaking on behalf of God. I don't do what I did with that man very often um, because we want to know that it is the Lord that is that is speaking through. And so what we don't want as a church is just to go around, and start uh, pro- proclaiming words uh, that may or may not be from the Lord to one another. Uh, but we do want to pursue words uh, of prophecy to speak into one another's lives. Our elders want to to help to teach us in in humility and, and gentleness before God and to one another that we may build one another up. Prophecy is a gift of the Spirit. Another one that is just as spiritual, though it may seem a lot more practical to us, is also listed in Romans 12. It is the gift of serving others. Some of you have the spiritual gift uh, of serving. Uh, There are some uh, who show up here early at 8 o'clock. You would not know their name or their face, but they show up here and they serve. They put the signs out there uh, in the rain week after week because uh, that's their part in the body. They don't need to be known, but they, they serve. Uh, There's people who make meals for other people, not to be known, but to simply serve, to encourage, to build up when when there are needs. Brandy, who was on stage here, an example uh, of somebody who's just served over the years, continually, serving others. Another gift, teaching God's word in the church If you have the gift of teaching, you're able to get through the scriptures and to uh, understand them and then to impart them to others. So important in the church, encouraging others is another one of those gifts. And if you have the spiritual gift of encouragement, you need to use that because we need to be encouraged. We need to be built up. I would not be standing where I am if there were not people in this church and in my life who use the spiritual gift of encouragement uh, to build me up, to keep me going. We need to encourage one another. If you have that gift, make the phone call. Talk to the person. Write the letter. Write the email. Whatever it may be. Giving. I know we're all called to give and to be stewards, but there's some of us that have been gifted with being able to make money. Being able to give disproportionately to the church, to give generously. And for those of you that have the gift of giving, you look for ways to give. You are are generous and you, you want to give. It fills you up and you don't want to be known about it, but you use that gift. And I would say, if you have that gift, to continue to use that, to give generously to the work that God is doing. Leadership ability is another one of the gifts that is listed there. Leadership ability. We're always in need of leading. You've been given a gift of leadership. Lead in the church of Jesus. Kindness and mercy. I'm thankful for one of the things that are coming up, um, that that we have a a care team that is growing. Those people who uh, have a gift of just sitting with people who are hurting. Some of you have that gift. You have mercy and you have kindness and you hurt for people who hurt. And you're needed in that ministry. These gifts are needed. We need to step forward. Now, how do we discover what our gifts are? One of the ways that we can do that um, is often the times, the things that we care about most in the church, the things that we look at the church and say, you know, the church just doesn't do this enough. They don't do this in a way that is helpful to all people. Maybe it's that area of care. Or maybe it is the care area of teaching. You tend to look at the church and you come in and say, this is missing from the church. Now, in our sinful brokenness, what we often do to the church, to the bride of Christ, is we start to criticize. And we sit back and we say, oh, they should do this better. They should serve me better in this. They should serve my family better. You have to understand that in the church, it's not a they should do this. It is a us that is in this together. And if God is putting it on your heart to say, hey, this is broken and somebody should fix it, maybe he's calling you to step forward, to be a part of making that happen. In our sin, we go to criticism. But as God redeems us and he calls us, as we are informed, we realize, hey, we're all part of the body of Christ. And if this is your church, if this is your local body, which we all need to be part of a local body, whether it's this one or another, we need to be using our gifts. If we don't know what they are, we need to be informed. We need to grow. We need to exercise them to be able to do so well because the church is hurting without you. Going back to 1 Corinthians 12. There's another list here. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, okay? Remember, this is given to each of us who are followers in Jesus by the Holy Spirit for the common good, to build others up. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Two gifts the Spirit gives, wisdom and knowledge. Some of you are just able to, through the Spirit, to perceive things and to be able to uh, speak wisely into one another's lives. I mean, look at the the young generations around here. We need wisdom and knowledge to be spoken to one another, to be able to see and to be able to speak these words of wisdom and knowledge into one another. Verse 9, to another, faith is given by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. The Spirit gives great faith. Now, we are all to have faith in Jesus, but some of us have great faith. Uh, This is another gift that the Spirit has given me to lead the church here. I'll tell you, naturally, I am not a, a man of faith. I'm a man of think through it and plan everything out and check the budgets and check the spreadsheets time and time again and hold back because who knows, it might be risky out there. But when God called me to lead this church, he, through his spirit, gave me the gift of faith. I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't know how God is going to reach this city through uh, our humble nature here. But I have faith and I trust that he is bringing to fruition what he has called and gifted us to do. And so I'll continue to stand in front of people who say, well, that's a Davis. That's just hard soil. For, for those who, who would criticize and hold back to say, I, I know we are not who Christ has called us to be yet. But as long as he has me here, as long as he has us here, we are going to continue to advance forward, trusting in the God who has shown his faithfulness time and time again. Some of us have the gift of great faith who lead the charge forward. Um, the gift of healing. Healing. That's one I can tell you I have not had. Um, in fact, if I pray for you for healing, probably nine times out of ten, you won't be healed. That's kind of my track record. <laughs> but there are people that have the gift of healing. And I'll tell you, we need healing physically, spiritually, emotionally. Why don't we see more healing here? I mean, one maybe. Um, that we live in this Western world where there are uh, medical opportunities. My son, for example, we've been praying for him for healing for the last couple months. He has a growth in his leg. Tomorrow we need to go into surgery. but I trust that God uh, is using that maybe to provide that healing. However, there may be another reason why there's not the healings. And it may be because we lack the faith, because we don't step forward for the prayer. We do not have because we do not ask. James 5 tells us that if anyone is sick, let him come to the elders and let them pray and anoint them with oil and the sick will be made well. I know there's a lot of questions about how all that works and how that all looks like. Why does one get healed? Why does another not? I get that. But we believe in that scripture here. And if you are hurting emotionally physically spiritually we're to come to the elders for prayer and we may anoint you with oil if you desire that and we have had healing here i remember being is when we had the prayer patio rather than the prayer corner but being right outside those doors we had a couple in our church who had been told um that their unborn child had a heart defect would probably only live a few days and in fact they had been recommended that they should abort the child because the percentages uh, of survival even for a few days um, were not good and so they came in faith and they said anoint us with oil come to the elders and pray and we prayed and they went into an ultrasound just the next week and the ultrasound technician and the doctors told them that what had been there in a deformity was not there anymore And today, that's right, we can give God glory for that. God is a God who wants to heal us. He does that maybe in different ways, ways that we don't understand. But as a people of God, his children, we are to come before our Father and keep asking, Dad, is today the day? Dad, is today the day? Not knowing what he'll say, but being people of faith, To see what he does. The gift of healing. To another is given the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. Performing miracles which can be signs and wonders pointing to Jesus. Always pointing to Jesus not pointing to us. In order to get the attention that people would perk up and say. You know what something is working here that's not natural. Prophecy, which we talked about, discernment. These are gifts. Now, there's another gift in this list here. And it's a gift that says, to another is given the various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Unknown languages, again, kind of this is this area where, uh, when, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came and Uh, It came powerfully on the people at Pentecost, the followers of Jesus. It came with the sign of tongues. And at that point, there was a lot of questions and confusion about what that meant among the people that were there. And you want to know what? In the church today, we still struggle to understand what it means. Uh, There's a pendulum that swings back and forth. Some that uh, would say, yes, we need to pursue those gifts. Again, in the way that uh, elevates certain Christians over another. There will be others who say, hey, if we see anything weird like that, that must be the devil. And so we have this pendulum that swings back and forth. So today, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I just want to be able to, because it's here, to give you what the Bible says that we can wrestle with as we seek to understand this. Number one that the Bible says is this, what do we know? We know that these gifts that are listed here have not ceased in this time in the church age how we know this first corinthians chapter 13 uh, this is the scripture that always gets used at at weddings Um, we usually use the middle part not the edges Um, you'll see why here Uh, verse 1 says this if i speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love i'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. In other words, it's saying what is most important in all of these things that we do is love. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When does it say that these will cease? There will be a time when they cease, and it says this, when the perfect comes. Now, what's the perfect? That sounds pretty strange, but the perfect is when Christ comes back once and for all beyond this church age. Those things will cease. Love will never end, but those gifts will cease. Until that time, until Christ comes back, these gifts continue on. Well, what do we learn about if somebody speaks in tongues publicly? If somebody speaks in tongues publicly, as in church in our assembly here, there should always be an interpretation. If God moves uh, to speak in tongues, we're also told that there must be an interpretation. First Corinthians fourteen. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or three at most, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. In other words, if there is a time when the Lord moves to speak in tongues publicly, there also is an interpretation that we can be built up. Why does it often not happen? Um, because oftentimes it does lead to to chaos and lack of understanding. The whole reason back uh, in that time when I was going with my my girlfriend, my wife, to to the church where this was happening, it wasn't the fact that there were tongues there, it was the way it was being handled. There wasn't interpretation there. It, It was just chaotic, and it led an unbeliever like my wife, in what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, If the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? In other words, unbelievers may miss the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And what we are all about as a church, first and foremost, is making sure we don't miss the gospel of Jesus, to not distract from that. Now, sometimes God may use those tongues to get people's attention. We see that historically, we see that sometimes even in churches today, but if it happens publicly, it's only to be one or two or three at most, and always with an interpretation. The third thing scripture is very clearly about is that speaking in tongues strengthens the person speaking, not the entire church. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than all the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. There's a lot of fighting and a lot of misunderstanding in the church about these things. There's no mistake that in First Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the varieties of the gifts. First Corinthians 14, he talks about more explanation about this gift of tongues but in chapter 13 the one that we always use at the weddings it focuses on love Because too often in the church we get focused on other things rather than living out our life in love paul says speaking of himself i thank god that i speak in tongues more than all of you nevertheless in church I'd rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Paul says he'd rather speak five words loud and clear. I don't know what those words could be. Maybe Jesus loves you a lot. Because that's ultimately the message that we're about if the Spirit moves and brings in other ways where we build him up and make more clear that message, that is the work of the Spirit to advance the gospel, not to advance himself. Sometimes we go after the manifestations of the Spirit rather than the Christ that the Spirit points us to. And so I know that right now I've probably stirred up more questions than I've answered in these few minutes. But we want to be a church that pursues answers to those questions. And if you would ask me, John, uh, are the, the tongues and all the gifts we've talked about still for today, I would say, absolutely, I believe that they are. And if you were asked the question, then why do we not see some of them more here? Um, I'd say, well, maybe, maybe it would distract us from our main message and the people that God's calling us to reach. Maybe we have not pursued these gifts in the way that God has called us to. And so as a church, we are just on this journey, whether it is the gifts that seem a little bit more out there or the gifts that we've been talking about to build up the body, to be who Christ has called us to be. The Spirit doesn't fit in our box. We want to unleash the work of the Spirit to do what He has called us to do, to grow us in our relationship with Him. As I close, let me just give us a, a few things for discovering your gifts unleashing the work of the Spirit in and through you, through these gifts. And number one, I would say this. Study what God's Word says. We've given you a few passages here in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. We refer to Romans 12. Ephesians 4 is another great spot. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 also refers specifically to the gifts. Paul writes, I do not want you to be uninformed. Because something is missing if we're uninformed. Let's inform ourselves. If there's questions, God has us on a journey that he is stirring up that we would know. Number one, study what God's word says. Number two, seek and ask God to reveal your gift to you. I think very often we go to the more practical things and we forget that praying to our Heavenly Father is the most practical thing that we can do. Pray and ask God to reveal your gift. And beyond that, we say this, examine what you enjoy and do well. What stirs your heart? What needs do you see around? Maybe the Spirit leading you to step forward, ready to gift you to do His work, to understand your gift. Examine the things that you can do and see what God can do. Number four, and it's way down number four on the list, is taking a spiritual gifts test. Now, in the past, I think we've often erred in leading with that, saying, hey, just go take this test. It will tell you some gifts, and that's your your gift. No, it, it doesn't give us the answers. It doesn't lock us into anything. It just helps us to think through maybe this variety of gifts and to think about what God's doing in us. And finally, I would say this. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Our gifts don't just pop out one day and then we start using them. We begin serving and then God reveals our gifts to us. You need to, whatever God is laying on your heart, to step forward in, to begin using your gift, to begin building up the body, to grow in this. I'll tell you, the way that I began preaching was I began setting up tables in the lobby. When I showed up to do the task of just setting up at 8 a.m. like other people did, One day I was filling communion cups, and I think the first pastor here didn't have anybody to pray for communion. He said, after you're done filling them, will you mind going on stage and praying as well? And so I said, okay, uh, maybe I can do that. I did that, and then somebody encouraged me in that gifting and said, you know what? That was really meaningful, meaningful prayer. And later on I was asked to uh, teach um, to to our college group, and then uh, eventually I was asked to preach. Eventually I was called to be the pastor here. Now, very often, I would never have known the gifts that I had if I didn't just step forward to serve in some way. Now, we're not just going to give you a test. We're not just going to have you fill out a card today. The way that we want to call you to respond is to connect with somebody. If the Lord is stirring your heart and say, hey, I've been uninformed, I want to know more, or I've had a gift I'm realizing that, but I have not been using it, I want to start being a part of the body of Christ as he's called me to do. Or whether you just have questions, there will be at the connection point uh, after service today, which is go out these doors to your left. There's kind of a counter there. Uh, our staff will be there. Our staff are not here to do the work of the ministry. They are here to equip the saints, the believers in Jesus, to be the body of Christ. And so we are going to lead not by just saying, hey, go take these things and figure it out on your own, but to disciple you, to have conversation with you, and so you'll sign up and somebody will follow up with you this week. And together we will become the church that Christ has called us to be. Imagine this as we close. I have four kids. Even as an imperfect father, I love them dearly. Imagine if, if I were to select a gift just for them. And then I were to give each one to, to la- Kendall, my oldest. I gave her a special gift that I planned just for her and thought about her. If I had given a gift to Maddox, my son, and said, this is just for you, by the way, that that you've been made. Shane and Larkin, my daughters, the, the same thing. If I were to think about a gift and give it to them, and they were to take that gift, they were just to put it on the corner and go about their business. Or they were to take that gift, open it and say, I don't know what to do with that and just leave it on the side. Or if they were to bicker with one another and said, I want that one and I want that one. That's what our kids do. What about us? We take the gifts that our Heavenly Father has given us through the Holy Spirit to do the work that He has planned and prepared for us to do. He has not only called us to be about His work, He has gifted us and empowered us to do what we cannot do in ourselves, to use the supernatural ability And so together we want to seek the gifts that he's given us. And as we discover them, we want to use them to be who he has called us to be, to build up the body, to serve one another, to serve our world, to reach our city, and to change the world that he's called us to. So let's go before him as we continue in the journey. God, I love not by anyone's planning in this room but you ordained that we would call this church discovery and that each one of us would be sitting here on this sunday many of us coming from church backgrounds maybe growing up in the church maybe serving for years some of us maybe coming from backgrounds where we have no idea about any of these things but you have called each one of us to be here today I don't believe it's by accident, God. God, thank you for your word, where you instruct us, where we are lacking information, you give us information. And where we are lacking transformation, you give us your spirit. So I pray that you would come and that you would do a work in each one of us. That you would pour out your gifts on your people as we are ready to receive. And that we would not just go about our business in this world but we would recognize Jesus the mission that you have for the church that you saved us to be a part of that mission that you are working through us that you might be glorified and that your name may be spread throughout this world Jesus we are your church spirit we need you come do a work in us reveal to us what we don't know Give us the courage to step forward, to use the gifts where we've been lacking. God, I pray for the leadership of this church, that you would enable us to lead well, to pursue what you have for us. No more, no less. Jesus, we are yours. Come work among your people. In your name, amen. We're
1: want to spend uh, a little bit of time Reflecting and responding um, to God, to the Word of God. And our hope is that you would do three things. One, that you would spend time um, just sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit, listening to what He's saying to you. Um, Spend time just praying. Ask Him to reveal your your passions, your spiritual gifts, Um, the band we're going to play, we're going to start singing. Uh, And our hope is that you would take as much time as you need just sit and to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you are done reflecting, we would love for you to get up and respond by taking communion. And that's something that we do every week here at Discovery as a way of um, just acknowledging the work that Christ has done on the cross, the sacrifice that He has made for us. And if you have accepted Christ in, into your life, if you are a, a believer, We invite you to come and and to do that with us. Uh, If you aren't, if you haven't taken that step of faith yet, we'd love for you to come and visit the prayer corner and and ask questions and see what we're all about here at Discovery and why we think it's so important to have that step of faith and um, to have the the Holy Spirit in us. And so we're going to enter into that time now. And as you feel led to come, receive prayer, take communion, worship, um, but ultimately spend time with the Spirit. Thank you.